Hello, lovely podcast people. Welcome to yet another episode of The Fitness Solution. Now, I'm ever so sorry. I have a bit of a confession to make. I have a huge apology to make. And I have to just tell you that in terms of my podcast, in terms of The Fitness Solution, in terms of this being here, I plain and simply haven't been good enough. In fact, I haven't since moving to Australia. I haven't been good enough in a whole variety of parts of my lives. Um, but this is definitely one of them. And I do apologize because I have no excuse. I, when I was in quarantine, I recorded like, I think maybe like 10 episodes of The Fitness Solution. And I've only got one or two of them out to your lovely ears. And that's not good enough for my listenership. But also, it's not good enough for the people who gave up some gorgeous time for me to come onto the podcast, to talk about who they are, what they do, and to basically provide as much help with you as possible. And they do. My God, do they. Like today, for instance. Today, I've got a triathlete coach um, on the podcast. His name's John Wood. He's an astounding person. We had a great chat. And we we basically delve into everything there is to do in regards to... Um, aerobic fitness and how training in different heart rate zones and things like that might affect your ability to train if, if you need to worry about them, if you need to consider them. And basically, how would aerobic fitness and, and aerobic training and cardiovascular training feed into everything else that we discuss on the fitness solution? And John is such an amazing coach. If you're training for a triathlon, if you're training for anything cardiovascular based, then I'd highly recommend that. I, uh, I've trained a few people in this regard. I've trained um, one client in particular. She did a couple of uh, ultra marathons, 50 mile marathons through the Lake District. And it was very interesting to train her through that process. But if you're doing something drastic like that, I would recommend finding an expert in that field. I personally am not an expert in that field. Although uh, my client did extremely well um it's always wise to to get a personal trainer to work on your strength stuff and if you're working on cardiovascular training get a cardiovascular expert because the two don't translate very well translate over very well i myself am a female fat loss expert and john is very much a cardiovascular expert and he's just a great person to be around to listen to and so i really hope you find this episode useful don't forget Everything you want from me is still available. The Fitness Collective, you can join up. You can now, you can now, right now, get a seven-day free trial into a trial version of The Fitness Collective. So you get to have a look around for seven days. You get access to it for free. See what's in there. See what's not, see what's not in there in case you wanted something in there and you weren't sure if it was or not. Or if you just wanted to kind of see what it was about, how it works, what it is, what is this weird online group training type thing that Adam talks about all the time and all of that, then you can go and trial it for free. Just head to my website, which I now have an Australian domain as well. So you can either go to www.thegymstarter.com or you can go to www.thegymstarter.com.au and you can find all the stuff of the Fitness Collective on there. But less prayer, less uh, advertising for me. God, get your words out, Adam. Didn't put my teeth in this morning. Less advertising from me and more talks with the amazing, the astounding, the absolutely wonderful John Wood.
Welcome to this week's episode of The Fitness Solution. And as ever, the great guests keep rolling in for me. I don't know what I do to deserve such amazing people with such wonderful brains that I get to sit opposite and talk to. Even though I'm in Australia and they're in the UK or Seattle or wherever it might be. Because um, today I've got the amazing John, John Wood on the, uh, on the other end of the phone from Try Coaching. And um, he's a triathlete coach, kind of endurance cardiovascular coach, I suppose. Well, what time would you give yourself, John? Um, I suppose my the way I categorise it is endurance coach. Um, try coaching was the, I suppose the the, the uh, company name because I figured, well, that's kind of what I'm coaching a lot of. Um, and when I looked online, there wasn't a lot by way of that, so I thought it, it made logical sense. Um, but I deal with runners, triathletes, swimmers. Um, the online stuff, it's dealing with the whole endurance come up. Uh, uh, whereas in person, I deal with a lot of swim technique coaching and run technique coaching. And to be honest, I enjoy both of them because it, it's great to see uh, progress as it is for any trainer in any sphere, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. An endurance coach. I like that. Yes. So I've dabbled in endurance sports myself. So I ran a marathon in 2018. And um, mm-hmm. I did it, yeah. Like I, I did it for the British Heart Foundation. It was London. And my God, I never knew how long a marathon was. It was ridiculous. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I did it in like five and a half. So quite long, quite long. But you know, I've got a heart condition, so I'll, I'll take it. Um, okay. And there was no way I trained right for it, and it was the hottest one on record. I'm making excuses, but um, uh, I learned a lot from doing it, which is a great process. And and I then, think that's the thing. Go on. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like. I, I've done two marathons, but they've both been at the end of Iron Distance Triathlons, uh, which I would recommend. Wait, wait, wait. As the way you, you said that you said that far too casually. Uh, <laughs> I, I have the belief that anyone can do any sporting endeavour, whether yeah. it's a marathon, whether it's an Ironman, or whatever. Um, how quickly you can do it is, is another matter. You know, the pros when running a marathon are going to do it two, two five, two ten. Um, pros run doing an Ironman are going to do it in eight and a half hours or whatever. Um, I think anyone can do it. Yes, it takes a certain amount of work that goes in. Same as weight loss, same as getting amazingly strong, whatever. Um, but yeah, the two marathons I've run have only just been about as, the same sort of pace that you did um, for yeah, different you, reasons. Yeah, for very and, different and, reasons. <laughs> well, well, no, no, like the first, I, I did, made a lot of mistakes in, in both of them. And yeah. it's exactly as you said, for me, I learned a lot about myself and I don't have, I have a little inkling in the back of my head thinking, oh, I could do another one because I could go so much faster. But as you know, there's not enough of a why, like especially when something's that long, when a marathon is you know, potentially four hours and above, five hours and above, where an Ironman is potentially 10 hours and, and longer. Um, it's not enough of a why to go, right, I need to go and do 10, 12, 15, maybe 20 hours training a week for six months. You know, So yes, I could go and do it, and, but so much could go wrong. Actually, that time at the end of it is not the be all and end all. No, um, and that's on on my on like my marathon journey for want yeah. of a better term. Like it was things like that, that I really had to figure out as I was doing it. So yeah. because I was like a referee and a fairly fit guy, you know, this personal trainer yeah. and the rest of it, and I could run like my best five k was like twenty two minutes. But I then found sure. out like I, I had James Don. Do you know James Don from um, 
Yes, I, I know James. Yes, I know yeah, yeah. I saw your mutual friends well, on Facebook, and he really said fan. like five k. You can't really translate that up to to marathon pace really well. I was like, okay. And then my my yeah. first ten k was like I was running about hour ten k's, so it weren't so bad. But um, hmm. I yeah, I was trying to attach myself to this goal, this goal of a four hour marathon. I was like, yeah. you know, I can do it. I was really attaching myself to it. I was like, yeah. it's reasonable. It's not elite. Yeah. It's it's but it's it's reasonable. It's, it's, it's better than average. average. It's solid. I'd have been proud. I'd have been very proud of it, actually. Um, but yeah. every time I went out training, I was just nowhere near it. And I wasn't mm -hmm. getting any closer to it. And what was happening was I was really, really, really defeating myself on the training runs because I wasn't matching the pace I wanted to emulate. And I suppose that comes down to not really having a plan in place. And it also comes down mm -hmm. to not really understanding how it works. And, and the, But the, what happens, the second I got rid of the four-hour idea and just like, I'm just going to go and run, I really yeah. started to enjoy it. And Good. that was yeah. that was a much better attitude to have towards it. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, and and that's the thing. Like, I, and I don't know how your process goes with the coaching side of things, but the first thing anybody when anybody comes to me, the first thing I say is, "Why do you want to do it?" Mm. And then why why do you want to do that? And then why do you want to do that? Yeah. Like, it's something that it's quite deep. And and I don't know. You might say something similar you might say something different but the things that really matter to us aren't the things that we think that matter yeah it's, it's it there's something that makes that matter to you um and and so like i get people saying i don't want to embarrass myself in the swim or you know i don't want to come last but it's a it, it just, i think the base baseline is that people have a level of self-worth and they attach whether it's the marathon being able to do it in under four hours or whether it's not coming last that's how what people attach their self-worth to and actually like you said going out and enjoying it that's the most important thing you know if you're not enjoying it what's the point it really was and the thing is is like on training runs that were like 10 miles long i was getting very unhappy i was getting very annoyed at myself i was getting very irritated right now yeah. if i'd have kept going down that path and on marathon day so like in 2017 2018 i think it was the year of the beast of the east do you remember and um yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was freezing cold throughout okay. december yeah. january like really cold even february yeah. march well, you know training march events training events were cancelled and then yeah. suddenly april bright sunshine and we got the hottest marathon on record and like so much of it was out of my control and even if i had been able to get to four hours in training i probably wouldn't have been able to do it on the actual day and then no. had i have not have released like if I had not realized that I'm doing this for enjoyment, I'm doing this for my own happiness, I'm doing this to enjoy it, then on the actual day, my brain would have gone schizo and I'd, I'd probably given up during the actual marathon. Do you know what I mean? And so actually, it no, having that realization early on, like October time, really, really saved, saved my ass. But unfortunately, yeah. I mean, I'd love to do another one, but I'm not allowed to. My doctor's banned me because I've got a heart oh, really? condition. Yeah, so... Um, so uh, she said, no more, no more marathons. I was like, oh mm. man, I wasn't, I was quite relieved. It gives me a good experience. <laughs> um, so like you, so I tell you what, like a lot of my um, audience are kind of, you know, I, I generally deal in strength training. I generally deal in fat loss. Yeah, and I generally absolutely. deal with women. Right. And yeah. it's a constant debate. I, we always come up against, we always talk about and stuff like that is, you know, what is better for fat loss, cardio mm -hmm. weights and all the rest of it and things like that. Yeah. But I kind of don't really care. Like, you know, cardio is, yeah, cardio is really mm. important for your health and I'm a yeah. big advocate of it. Um, but really like, I think what I think most people want to know from you uh, because of how much of an expert you are in this is 
quite simply, how do you get into it to begin with? Like, like a lot of people come to me, like running a 5K is a massive achievement for them. And, yeah. and that's like the ideal. And it is a huge achievement. Like it's a huge achievement for me every time I complete a 5K. And I've probably done like hundreds of them. Right? Yeah. And I still have a smile on my face when I get it done. So say someone who's never run before in their life, they are quite deconditioned, and, but they feel like they just need to do something like that. Um, mm -hmm. how, like, what are the phases they're expected to go through? And how, how would you advise them to go through it, get over it? Like, talk me through that process. Yeah, I think, I think the first thing actually is, I mean, it's, it, it might sound really counterintuitive, but it, I think sometimes it's entering an event. Right. And that could be like a park run. Yeah. Like, park run's obviously free and there's a massive buzz around it. I mean, some some people, some I, I would call them snobs, would say that it's not a real race. But, you know, you get time with it and there's other people running at the same time. But yeah, it's, it's a race. Um, <laughs> and, and it gives you, you know, it, it is exactly 5K and you know exactly what you're getting with it. But actually putting your name to a race says that, you're gonna you're committing to it. You can you're committed to something. And it's the same with triathlon. There are plenty of websites out there that um, have listings of races. And the best one, I guess, is like the British Triathlon, um, the BTF website. Um, I think it's BrickTri.org or something like that. Um, but you can look for races, and you can do races from well, running. You can do like two, three, five k races park runs fun runs whatever all the way up to marathons and ultra marathons and beyond similarly with triathlon you can do a super sprint with it being a 200 meter swim a 10k bike and a 2k run you know so that's something that strong athletes will do in 25 minutes half an hour but for someone who, as you say is de deconditioned isn't used to being active it might take them an hour it might take them an hour and a half but it's something for them to progress towards. And as you said, you know, it's that sense of achievement and doing something that they're not used to and then actually building up. So that's the first thing I think is actually going, what is it I want to do, whether it's running, running a 5K or having this dream, I'm going to run London Marathon or something similar. If, don't, don't, you know, if you're thinking Marathon. about it, don't do it. I'm telling you, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And obviously with London, obviously the barrier is not just entering it. It's the fact that there are you so many to, people you've got to get through the ballot, but there yeah. are other marathons you can do. And you have to raise millions of pounds, not quite, but yeah. Yeah, you know, if you, if you want to get a charity place, it's a, it's challenging on that front as well. Um, and then the second thing is is, is then working out how you're going to get... Before, before we get into the, 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 the second thing, just a question yeah. that's in my mind is, yeah. and how far in advance do you need to plan that date? Um... Depends on how what you, what you choose what you end up wanting yeah, to do. Right, okay. Well, let's take my example uh, of a five k. Say, yeah, if you're taking an example of a five k, and you're most people could walk five k. Yeah, and and, and 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 again, it it depends on what you want from it. Um, and and I guess that comes down to your why. Why are you doing it? Okay. You know, if you're doing it because actually I need to get off the sofa, um, and I want to lose a little bit of weight, and I want to be a bit more active, I want to be a bit more healthy. Does it matter what the time is? You know. Um, and, and you might say, yes, it does. And in which case that then means that that time frame becomes longer because you've got to actually run and see how far you can run, how fast you can run and, and how that shapes up. As you said, you know, that, that um, connection between like a five, you, you, you did a bit of running. So you were able to run 5k, but 
shifting up to a marathon and scaling up to a marathon is a little bit different. Um, so if you're completely deconditioned, you get off the sofa and you go, right, I can run for five minutes and I can do 800 metres, let's say, which is, is no mean feat. Um, then you go, OK, well, that means I might be able to do 5K in about half hour, 40 minutes, mm-hmm. which is, you know, like you say, is, is, is no, no bad effort. It's, 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 it's great. But you might go, right, in my head, 25 minutes sounds really cool. Yeah. So... If it's the first time you're doing a race, first time you're doing an event, you probably want, I don't know, let's say three months in advance minimum, just to nice, give yourself kind time. Kind of a nice solid 12 weeks. Yeah, yeah but it, it's, 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 the, it's the same you'd say if you want to get a bit stronger, you know, you want to add 20 kilos to your squat or um, lose five, 10 kilos, depending on your size and your, your state of conditioning. You need some time period to do that training. I mean, most people could go out and do a 5K this weekend. That doesn't necessarily mean they do it fast. It doesn't mean they do it in a, at a pace that's happy for them, but they could go and do it. Yeah. Uh, most, most fit people could go and do a marathon this weekend. They might have to walk a lot of it. <laughs> like I did. But so, they um, could do it. Yeah. So, so then my next question to you is how, how do you go about empowering someone to be able to make that decision? Because then that's the next thing I'd say to you, yes. like you saying, you saying to me it, like, yeah, you could go and do a 5k. And I agree with you. I, I a thousand percent agree with you. I've seen it happen mm. many times. Right. Yeah. But then it's getting the person in front of you to believe that they can actually go and do that because that's, that's yeah. the issue, isn't it? Because I think a lot of them are probably thinking there's no way I'm going to go and do a 5k on like Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the biggest thing I get when people come to me or when I talk to people, people say, oh, what, what is it you do? I, say, oh, I, I do triathlons a little bit. I come from a competitive swimming background. Um, and people, you swam oh, for I'd the love country, to do didn't you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've done that on a few occasions in various different guises. Um, just just, just litter it and, you know, a national athlete. Yeah, and- <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have done that. Um, I've worked my ass off. Um, and you know, I guess there's a, a better talent, but I think there are there are more p- people more talented than me. But I I definitely work. You know, the whole idea that talent doesn't work. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, um, and I was very fortunate to race both in the pool, open water, and then I've kind of come back to swimming a bit more now in the last four or five years. And swam as a master swimmer. Um, I'm 34, and uh, swam at the World Championships last year in uh, South Korea, which was amazing. Um, it was a great experience and. It's great to be honest. Part of the reason why I still do a lot of sport is because it gives me the chance to travel in different places and go yeah. race in different places and do a bit of yeah. traveling with it. It gives an extra reason. Um, so yeah, people people say to me, oh, "I'd love to do a triathlon, but I can't swim." And the thing is, again, what is can't? You know, why can't somebody lose five kilos? Why can't someone get a bit stronger? It's those limitations, and actually, that's why hopefully someone's talking to someone like yourself or someone like me or some other trainer or PT or coach or teacher. It's helping someone believe in themselves. It's giving someone the tools that will help them, whether that's allowing the ability to run slower and therefore run easier, mm-hmm. which makes the switch go, Oh, I could do that. I can do that for four or five hours and run a marathon, or I can do that for half an hour and do 5k or i can do that for eight lengths in a pool or actually i can get over that fear of open water and get in the lake and swim 750 meters you know that's people need to be empowered but they need they need uh, 
a teacher of sorts to, to help me get over those mental blocks, whatever those mental blocks are. And that's what we're here for. I know that we spoke before about um, allowing yourself to, to sort of be praised by other people or take congratulations from other people. Um, like I, I struggle, the people I coach, I love coaching them. And they're the ones that do all the work. And so when somebody says to me, you know, you've done, you've done really well, actually, like I've been really lucky that I've had people that want to do the work and that want to put that effort in. And I, I am good at what I do. Or I hope so. Um, I think, I think, well, I, you, wait, wait, let, let's quantify that. You've trained a gold medal Olympian. So I think you are good at what you do, right? And that's where this conversation comes from, right? Because that, that, yes. I'm only bringing it up, not, not, not yeah, to brag, not to shower you with compliments, although it's yeah. an incredible achievement. Like, yeah. because you said to me, like, the thing is, yeah, I trained Andy, Andy Lewis, isn't it? Is that his name? Yes. Yeah, yeah Andy Lewis. Athlete. And he was, a, he was a triathlete. Was he a triathlete? Yeah, he's para triathlete, so he's one legged guy. Um, yeah, yeah. And he won the first gold at Rio in the para, uh, first para triathlon gold at, um, ever because it was the first time he was in uh, Rio. Wow, amazing! What an uh, achievement! Yeah, and yeah. and we were saying like that's incredible. Um, and we were saying like you said, I said that must have been great, must have been great working with him. Mm. And you were like, well, I just. I kind of gave him the ideas, gave him the plans, opened the door, but he went and did the yeah. work. I, you know, yeah. I kind of didn't really, I, I, and it, what I find so wonderful and so relatable about that story is, yes, is, um, hang on, oh, I'm having a brain fart, is the fact yeah. that someone who is so successful, so driven, so naturally talented at being an athlete, yes, still went and did the work. And, and, and it, it breaks down the barrier. Like, yeah, he's talented and everything else, but he also knew, he had a coach and if he used the coach wisely, he got a result. And that is something that my client can get used to. That's something yes. that someone who's sitting on the couch right now, they can go, yeah. well, if, if that's all it takes for an Olympian to do it, then surely that's accessible to me. Cause it was basically done by a conversation, guidance, yes. empathy, understanding, yeah. love and kindness. And it empowered yeah. someone to get a gold medal. Surely it can yeah. empower me to go and lose five kilos. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's absolutely that. And you know, I had this conversation, having spoken with you about it yesterday, uh, I spoke with my partner and we had kind of the same conversation. She, she said exactly that. She said, sometimes I think you need to be a bit more comfortable with taking that. You know, you, you have given people that guidance, that assistance and that support. And um, I think I see that because that's part of the job. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I suppose I struggle with it. I, I see that I've, I put the knowledge in, I put the understanding in. Um, but as you know, you know, for, for a lot of people, it's less about the specifics that somebody does or somebody gives you and more about, yeah, just going and doing it. But I suppose I have to enjoy taking that responsibility and, 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 and be happy with that. But um, yeah, I think we all as coaches and teachers and whatever have a massive role to play in, in giving people that the ownership the fact that they can own whatever it is they're targeting, losing weight, getting quicker, getting stronger. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and so uh, did we cover number two? We got to number one, didn't we? Your why. Uh, number, two? Well, number two in terms of getting towards an event was having a plan in place to get there. Right. That, yeah, that, great. That, so it's not, it's not, it's it's not always the, why. What, what, it's like what Jordan says, isn't it? What backs up the why is the what. What you're going to yeah. do. Yes. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I guess to use Andy as an example, you know, he came into paratriathlon as someone who could run and who could cycle. Um, so he runs on a blade. Yeah. And uh, cycles with his uh, with a false leg. Um, so, sorry, does, when he he run, does he run on a blade and run on his good leg as well? Like, yes, yes, oh, absolutely. Wow. So, uh, I, I keep forgetting which leg it is. I think it's his right leg that's... Um, uh, so he had basically lost his um, lower limb, lower limb when he was eighteen. So about twenty years ago now, I think. Wow. I think he's about thirty-eight. Um, and he was his initial sport was boxing, actually. Okay. Um, but you know, he's a fairly fit guy and got into doing a bit of running and then doing a bit of cycling. And I met him in early twenty fourteen, coaching at the lake. I was teaching at the lake and. Um, made a couple of comments to him about swimming and he said actually would you mind helping me and so the relationship there was started and he actually took pretty much five minutes off his 750 meter swim time so he went from swimming two minutes of uh, 750 down to 10 uh, two minutes 100 for 750 um, which is the distance for paralympic triathlon um, down to the swimming 10 minutes um, per for a 750, which is just under 130s. Um, and that made him competitive with guys who come out of para swimming, so who were swimmers who come into triathlon, um, which meant that his strengths on the bike and the run meant that he could run away from people rather than having to try and catch them up. Um, and, you know, he joined up with the British triathlon um, squad from mid to 2015, so 18 months out. Um, and so I was very fortunate to work with them as a, as a group as well. So I learned a lot from that. Yeah, um, and, and as you said, you know, he has, he had and still has a lot of drive um, towards whatever he's doing. Um, and I think a lot of the time, and you might associate with this, actually the key is holding people back and stopping trying, people trying to do too much rather than trying to push them to do more. Um, you know, the whole it's not all about go big or go home, it's not you know trying to smash yourself all the time. Mm. Um, and that that was as much of a challenge as trying to make sure the right sessions, the right sets, and everything else were in there. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the biggest lessons I learned. Um, and going back to like our example of someone trying to do a 5k, one of the biggest lessons I learned doing a marathon yeah. was like slow the fuck down. Like, first, if you if you the first 10k, if you've done that in a record time, you're screwed. If you even if I was I was disappointed yeah. even if I did my first 10k in an hour because I was like, it's probably still a bit quick for me. Like I might not be able, to, yeah. I know I won't be able to keep that up for sure. And then it only gets worse. Yeah. Like you want to build, um, and uh, and so like that is this mightily important. Just slow yeah. yourself down. Like I, one of my friends recently, he's gone from running, he's gone from never running at all to mm. and I, I want to get him on the mm. podcast actually. He's gone from never yeah. running at all to running a two hour half marathon in the space okay. of about four months, if that. That's a um, good effort. I, he's, he's a bit of a nutcase. I'm not surprised he's managed <laughs> it. He's just, you know, he's one of those guys who's, he, he's a rock star, right? He, he plays okay. lead guitar for a rock band and, uh, <laughs> and they're very successful. And he spent many of his twenties drinking, doing whatever. And he sends me pictures of his recovery meals and stuff. And I'm like, Ben, how are you, how are you actually putting this together? Like, I don't know. And, uh, but, but, you know, he'd said, I'd said to him, like, dude, when you're going out on a long run, like it's not meant to be at pace. You're meant to do it slow and steady. It's just, it's just basically getting time on your feet, 
getting the engine ticking over. Yeah. That's all you're doing. You can't drive a car at 100 miles all the time because it will break and you've got a much longer way to go. And, uh, and he was like, nah, don't worry about it. I was like, for God's sake. But it's true. <laughs> like, you have to know when to put the brakes yeah. on because really, and, and I say it to dieters as well. It's like the process is giving yourself three months off of a calorie deficit. Right? That is part yeah. of the process. Your weight going up during that time is part of the process because it then allows you to yeah. go a lot quicker further on down the road. Um, yeah. And it's a hard message to get across sometimes. It's a hard people, thing to get people and to buy into. Humans, uh, it humans want to achieve all the time. Um, you know, I know you've got the drama background and even refereeing, you know, you want to be achieving all the time. And you go out on your runs and especially when we've got things like Strava these days, I don't know whether you're running. Yeah, yeah. It's like social, social media for, for runners, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And and the thing is, you go out and run and you see what other people are doing and you think, oh, I should be doing PBs all the time. And I think that that's probably one of the biggest things with running, even myself. When I, so I've been running, I started doing triathlon back in 20, 2007. Um, and I didn't really understand it until probably 2012 um, properly, like running. Um, and that was after I'd done probably both my Ironman races was that the more running and more long distance you're doing, the, the easier you have to go. Um, because I was always used to pushing everything in the water and in the water because there's such low impact, there's so so low effort on the body or low, not low effort, low um, impact, kickback on the body. Yeah. Um, that you can work harder more of the time. Whereas when you're running, you put in, well, minimum four times your body weight through your feet. If yeah. you're running harder then it's going to be more if you're uh, less conditioned running it's going to be more um and so the time it takes your body to recover becomes exponentially higher and i was getting injured and niggled and problem all, all these problems um and actually like you said i wasn't enjoying running particularly whereas i've got i, I mean i plan to do a couple of triathlons this summer um, and obviously the whole COVID thing has, has changed everything. So obviously I've not been in the water barely since March. Um, and yet I've run three or four times a week, every week since then, which is more than I've run for about five or six years. But I've really, really enjoyed it. I've absolutely loved it because if I've run four times a week, two of those runs have been very easy, very comfortable. If I've run three times a week, at least one of those has been comfortable. Mm. And I mean, I'm not running at the same speed as I was six or seven years ago, but it doesn't matter. I'm aware of my pace and even my easy runs are getting quicker, but my fast runs are getting faster as well. Yeah. And, and it's always nice to see that the theory works. And I know that it works, but it's nice to, um, to put it into practice myself and actually see it in, pro in practice. And, and hopefully I can reflect that onto my clients as well. Yeah. Um, especially when I've got newer clients. I mean, I've got clients who I've been coaching for four, five, six years now, which is great. And they're seeing improvements all the time. And that's, that's lovely. Um, but it's nice to have myself as a case study for other people to see as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's always nice. It's always nice <clears> when you come across a coach who, I like just like that experience, like even like, I mean, I wouldn't say, I personally, I've regularly tried to put on weight. I've regularly tried to <clears> uh, like build some muscle and get a bit stronger. <clears> like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a six foot four metabolic machine. Like I burn calories. For you, like, you know how, like, you know how, like some people say they can look at food and um, put weight on. I look yeah. at food and burn calories. Like, yes, this is what happens. 
right? And, and especially with like the background of the amount of activity I used to do, like refereeing three times a week, training for refereeing mm. three times a week, um, yes. and everything else, you know, it was, I, I just burned calories. And um, yeah. I found, I found like trying to, to gain weight really difficult. And I've tried several times yeah. to like document that, stay adherent to it, all these things that, you know, like Jordan and Mike tell us to do and that and stuff. And, and for that reason, but what I'm finding more and more is like, as long as you're experimenting in some way, it doesn't matter how you're experimenting. As long as you're giving yourself a challenge and you're trying to either live up to it or fail to it, you're still yeah. creating and building something you can reflect into your clients. And that's really, really powerful. So like my marathon story, I tell all my clients my marathon story because yeah. it, it, it has such relevance to them about, you know, if you ain't enjoying it, why the fuck are you doing it? Um, and, and really, that's really the crux of life, I suppose. Um, yeah. And, and so all of these experiences are really important. And I think it's when we, when they hear us reflecting like that, um, I think yeah. it, it sends alarm bells off in their heads and they start reflecting like yeah. that as well. And that's really powerful. Yeah. Um, and I think running, I think endurance running, like where it, or even like, I think lists like low intensity, steady state. Uh, I think yeah. Yeah. being outside walking even, just doing stuff like that is yeah. really important for, for that side of, of your life as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I completely agree. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Um, I, I know I'm, like I say, I'm 34. Um, and I mean, fat loss and weight loss is not a big part of what I do. I mean, I get clients who enjoy its clients who want to get lighter because it means they'll, they'll either race easier or race quicker. Yeah. Both. Um, I, I, I guess... I've seen more and more over the last three or four years how much exercise is such a little part of that, such a small part of that. And it, that's more about being healthy and being strong and, and having the skills for life. And it really is skills for life. I mean, I, I was very fortunate when I was doing one of my coaching qualifications, I was getting there early in the morning and swimming in the morning beforehand. And there was this 60, 65 year old lady who was swimming in the lane next to me. And she said, Oh, you swim really, really nicely. And I was like, thank you very much you know i've got many years of practice and she said you know swimming is a life skill and you never lose it and that conversation sort of sits with me quite a lot because i'll ne i don't think i'll ever not do any sport the sport that i might do might change or the activity i think is probably a better way of putting it might change i might just go out for walks or or whatever but i'll always be doing something um because it keeps me healthy it keeps me sane. I mean, that's one of the things this last nine months, and it's probably even more challenging for you being in a, in a room for a couple of weeks, not being able to go anywhere at all. Um, but, you know, I've been living with my partner for the first time for, you know, this this nine months, and, and it's been great. It's been amazing. But obviously, there are teething problems for people living together because you get used to it, and it's, it's a small space. And so just to get out of the house is, is great. Mm -hmm. It's great for her, for me being out of the house as, as, as much as it is for me. Um, it's great for me to think through things, you know, it's mental capacity, mental health, as much as physical health um, and the, the, the weight loss bit that goes with it. Hopefully, you know, if you're eating right, is, is almost secondary from the exercise. Um, yeah. 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 So then what kind of like, you know, obviously, like I mentioned lists, like low intensity, steady yeah. state, you have like just normal steady state and stuff like that. Mm. So, you know, if we take that, that 5k person again, um, yeah. just cause it relates to the people listening, yeah, absolutely. like where we, where are we putting them, we putting them into lists. So we putting them into hit, are we putting them into just endurance? So we just grin your teeth and bear it and get for it. Why, where, where are they heading? 
Uh, well, assuming they're going to be able to run, it depends on how many times a week they're able to run. If they're running once a week, I'd probably just go less, just properly low and, and just make sure they can enjoy it. If they can do more than that, then that's where it becomes fun because you can vary it up. Um, and that's the bit that people go and do the same runs, you know, people without any, well, even with a bit of guidance, go and do the same runs all the time. And that's the bit where they try and push a bit harder every time. And that's where the body breaks down. There's a glass ceiling. Actually, what you can do is, let's say you run twice a week. You could have one less, one really slow, easy run, which you can start building longer and longer and longer because hopefully you can get to the end of it and feel like you can still keep going. Mm-hmm. And then one you can do, either you can max out or you can do intervals, like hit, like a hit style effort, or you can do like um, something in the middle, um, but just mixing it up. And, and then if you've got a third, a third run, depend, it depends on the conditioning of your, your person coming in, your client, yeah. your athlete, whatever you want to call them is that it's mixing up those efforts and the longer run that you're training for the more scope for for playing around with it there is um but you know your intervals could be lampposts it could be a minute a time if you've got a garmin or you're looking at your 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 phone if you're striving on your phone you can do distance you could do 400 meters or 800 meters or or a kilometer at a time but you can work at the pace that you want to hold or even quicker um you know in the in the same way that you know if you were trying to lift stronger lift lift heavier you could rack 40 kilos extra on the on the squat than you actually can physically squat get under the bar stand up with it and just feel it on your shoulders put it back on the on the rack take those extra weights off and then just do your normal your normal squat and it feels easy um so it's just priming the body but you can play around but the 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 biggest thing i think really is that variety and training because it's that variety of stimulus that works all your different um yeah different systems and allows you the ability to go quicker if you so choose yeah yeah i've got two other questions one hang on that one's gone so i'll start with the second one next that's right Hang on, that one's gone as well. Oh, damn it. What was it? Brain fart. Um, was heart rate? Heart rate? No, no. Oh, oh I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you a little story. When I was, when I was, training, um, when I was training on a treadmill, I, I, I learned about jeffing, which is like kind of walk-run, walk-run kind of yeah, system, yeah. right? Like using lampposts, stuff like that. So yeah, I used yeah. cars because I, I, was, I was on like massive windows, treadmill facing out of yeah. this massive window. You could see a, a highway. And I was like, okay, yeah. every time I see a yellow car, because I thought that was quite a random color. Every time yeah. I see a yellow car, I'm just going to go up like in pace. And then like, yeah. you wouldn't believe how many yellow cars. <laughs> it was yellow car day, right? So if you're going to choose a stimulus like that, choose one very wisely. <laughs> one that's not going to show up all the time. I think I had to yes. change it to like purple cars or something. And it was amazing how many of them showed up still. Um, yeah. yeah, man. So, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Jeff and I'm a big fan of kind of going yeah. slow. Like one thing I used to do... Um, we used to have to run 2,600 meters in 12 minutes to, to okay. be qualified as referee, which is a fair yeah. whack. Um, you know, it's a fair pace. And uh, so in order to do that, I used to like sprint over over the kilometer mark. Or I used to like sprint every like 300 meters or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then so I'd go maximal for 100 meters or 200 meters. Mm-hmm. And then I'd relax for 500 meters, then go again and relax and go again and relax. And it was that. It was yeah. just to take my mind off the sheer pain of trying to get 200 2600 meters done in 12 minutes like it's like yeah. seven six and a half seven laps of a uh, of a track 
and it's it's longer than it thinks it sounds okay but when you're actually doing it it's tough and um definitely varying up the pace varying up what you're doing is important it is it's like it's a 21 minute 5k or something like that so. yeah yeah although there's no way i'd be able to do do it for a 5k distance like it, it was it had to it, it had yeah. to stop at 2600 like if it was 3000 4000 there's no way i'd got it done in 12 minutes um yeah. But yeah, no, it's really important, isn't it? And yeah, like heart rates. Is that something people need to worry about? Um, so heart rate's an interesting one because it's something that people have used as a monitor for training for oh, decades. Um, and I remember as a swimmer, our coach would have these, this waterproof heart rate monitor that you know, you'd hold the plunger against your chest and he'd read it on the monitor. And the thing is, heart rate is such a variable. So as a coach, I don't use it personally. I have it on my watch um, and, I, and I use it as an indicator. And I think it's a really good indicator to look back at afterwards. Can I, can I quantify this? Are we talking about heart rate as you're training or are we talking about just your resting heart rate? Uh, heart rate as you train. Okay, cool. Um, so people will look at heart rates and they'll look at max heart rate and they'll try and divide things into zones. So people will take their max heart rate as a basic calculation, 220 minus your age, which yeah. isn't overly flawed, um, but it's also not overly accurate. Yeah. Um, and you see, for, but you see it on like the cardio machines, don't you? You see those graphs, yeah. this is the fat loss zone, this is the cardio yeah. zone, this is the whatever, this is the heart attack zone. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, this is the you're now dead, you're never getting off this treadmill zone. And, um, and I, I look at them and I think, these are crazy. How can they know for each individual person? Absolutely. Uh, and, and especially when it comes to different sports, different people have different, um, what's the word, efficiency levels. Mm -hmm. Their heart rate will be at different levels uh, different, uh, for different sports because they will be predisposed. Um, I can run, I mean, I'm 34 again. 220 minus that is 186. Yep. Um, so my max heart rate theoretically is 186. But I can run at 190. Yeah, for I, I can run at 200. Yeah, I, I can um, run at 200 for a good five minutes. And I'm yeah, like, I shouldn't absolutely. be that high. I shouldn't be that high. And then I'm like, why shouldn't I be that high? I feel fine. I'm doing it. It's not a problem. Mm. And, and so that's where, for me, one of the things with heart rate training becomes a bit flawed. You can work out, you can do maximal tests. You can do them on your own. Or you can go to like different centers will do kind of testing to, to work out your heart rate zones or your lactate zones if you're, if you're that way inclined. The problem with heart rate for me as a coach is that it's so variable. Um, it can be affected by sleep or lack thereof. It can be affected by whether you're a little bit ill, whether you're stressed, whether you've had a few extra coffees, your heart rate is going to go up. So not only are you trying to look at your heart rate, which is going to lag, which is another downside of using your heart rate. Mm -hmm. you're, you're running along saying, right, I've got to stay at 150 beats a minute or whatever. And you look at your watch and you start picking up the pace, which is what you're supposed to be doing in your session. And your heart rate is saying 135 or 140. Great. Okay. Five minutes down the road, it's a 160 because it's just taking its time to, to get up to that point. And then you get tired. So it's climbing even further that's where heart rate as a monitoring tool i think falls down and the thing is you end up looking at your watch all the time as well or you're looking yeah. at the monitor whatever it is falling over <laughs> yeah absolutely um and so that's why it's not preferred for me uh -huh. that said 
if I'm going out and doing a run, so I'm looking at the window and it's actually chucking it down out there at the moment. Um, and I've got an interval run to do later. Um, but I will have my watch on and I'm going, I'm doing sets of 400 and I'm going to be getting quicker. And the, the idea with the set is that obviously my heart rate will go up with those blocks of 400 because I'm going to be getting quicker, mm-hmm. but I won't look at my watch for heart rate. I will just make sure that at each 400, because I know roughly along the road, because I've done it enough times along there, I know where I'm going to be pressing lap on my watch. But the I, it will be interesting to look at my, the data afterwards, because I'm a bit of a nerd from that point of view. I look at how quickly I'm going and how, how the heart rate if you're an endurance coach, you have to be a nerd for figures. You have to be. Yeah, especially with some of the bike stuff as well. With power, yeah. it's great, um, and, and with swimming as well. There's so much, so many numbers you can get. That's where the the heart rate can be really interesting. Or yesterday, I just ran an easy 15k. I appreciate. It. I'm just throwing that out there. That's something that I've been I've been running a lot over the last nine months, and so 15k isn't uh, yeah. for for some people would be more than they could even dream of doing. <clears throat> but it's something that felt quite comfortable. So I can look at my heart rate after that and go, actually, you know, I can see that I'm getting fitter or, or actually I was working harder than I thought it was, or my heart rate actually was higher. Like yesterday, my heart rate was higher than I thought it was because actually I was feeling quite comfortable. Mm-hmm. So that's my view on heart rate training. So what I would, I prefer to do is uh, train by RPE. Yeah. I was going to say rate of perceived exertion for those who are, are less sure. Um, on a scale of one to ten, I mean, if you look at scientific trials, they tend to go from like six to twenty. I think. Yeah, they have weird uh, numbers, the don't they? For some reason, the yeah. scale. Yeah, um, it is the Borg scale. I use one to ten. I just use one to ten. Yeah. One to ten one is I, simple. One I can do it all day. Ten, I'm dead on the floor. Pick a yeah. number. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, one for me, one's pretty much asleep. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but <clears throat> especially with running, because it's something that a lot of people are doing, and if you're doing it with other people the way to monitor it is to go, can I hold a conversation? If you can hold a conversation, that probably means you're four out of 10 or less Mm -hmm. because you can keep it going all day. And if you can hold a conversation, that's slow enough or that's easy enough. I prefer easier rather than slow Um, because it takes that, the the, the ego bit out. And and we've all got that ego. Um, And so if you go, right, I'm going easy enough, I can keep it going don't need to look at my watch. I don't need to look at whether I'm doing five minutes of K or six minutes of K or seven minutes of K, whatever it is. Um, if I'm supposed to be doing a tempo bit, so working harder, but not like killing myself, actually that probably should be six, maybe seven out of 10. Maybe I could hold it for an hour. Then I should be able to get like a sentence out comfortably or a couple of sentences out. And if I'm supposed to be working really hard, then it might be two or three words. And the thing is, you can do that on your own. You don't even have to verbal, like talk out loud. You can mouth the words. I've found when I'm running along, because I do this myself, I'll sing along to whatever song is going on in my head. Um, it might be something, it might be something I've seen on an advert, whatever it is. And I, nobody wants to hear me sing out loud. <laughs> I can guarantee that. Um, but even just the, the process of mouthing the words, I can get out of breath if I'm working too hard. So that's my indication. Um, and obviously if you're running with company, then that makes it a lot easier because you can hold that conversation or try to. A couple of things I've used for that is like, one will be how long can I hold my breath for as I'm running? Yes. And, and that's yeah. an indicator of, of my RPE as well. And the other is my own internal thoughts. How much, how much can I continue on one single track of a thought or yeah. 
how much is my brain going, fuck, I'm tired, fuck, I'm tired, fuck, I'm tired, yeah. and interrupting yeah. my thought. And then that's another sign of my RPE and, yeah. and how much higher it's getting because I'm not yeah. able to cognitively think about something other than how much my body is, is struggling to do whatever it is I'm doing. Um, yes. Yeah. And Great. then, so then like, so resting heart rate. So just away from actual running and training, yeah, yeah. is that a good barometer to see kind of general progress of improvement of the cardiovascular system? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, obviously if you're a trained athlete, your heart rate's not going to train change by much. Um, <clears throat> but what it can give you an indication of, and I don't know whether this is something you've done yourself, um, is if you take your heart rate at the same time every morning, give your like if your alarm goes off, give it a few minutes for your heart rate to calm down after that because there will be a spike. But yeah. take take your heart rate first thing in the morning, um, yeah. and if you'll get a baseline after a week or two weeks, um, and if it's let's say fifty five or fifty or forty five, you'll know. If it then changes by more than three or four beats, there might be actually a yellow crap night's sleep, or yeah. you maybe you're coming down with something, and it'll be a good indicator of maybe something happening. So it's just something to be aware of. It's not saying, oh, you need to make sure you rest today, but it's just going, okay, just pay attention to what else is going on. And I, I suppose that's for me, that's the, the thing with heart rate, whether you're using it for training or beta, as a resting thing, it's pay attention to it, but don't swear by it. Yeah. A bit like scale weight, like you know, it's going to fluctuate, yeah. it's going to change, but you want totally. you want to look at data and trends over a long period of time. Yeah, absolutely. That's really that's really good. Like, yeah, let's let's start take let's take heart rates along with our daily scale readings, people. Let's go <laughs> first thing in the morning. Um, I think that's a really really good note to finish on. That's really great advice there as well, John. Like, like what a great chat. I really enjoyed it. It's, it's yeah, nice absolutely. to talk about something like I absolutely adore running and I don't, I don't get to talk about it enough. Um, yeah. uh, and it's something I do always love going back into and things. I, I kind of want to go for a 5k now, but I can't because I have literally 50 meters with which to run and I'm not doing that to myself. You, um, you're not going back to forwards. No, I'm not getting in 10,000 steps a day either. I mean, God smite me down. Um, in fairness, when, oh, my yeah. fiance, when my fiance was in quarantine, she did, she got 10k a day. Uh, she just marched well, you, up and down. You know why, you know why ten thousand steps is uh, is the kind of the register for people, don't you? It was it was a marketing campaign, wasn't it? It was it, it was what it was what the counter could actually count to. That was the maximum. The, oh, the, is the that what it was? Okay, it went, I, but they have since studied it. They have since yeah. put studies onto it, haven't they? And they go, it's generally generally a pretty good number to aim for. I think it's, yeah. I do, I understand how arbitrary it is. If someone gets 2,000 in, someone to get 10,000 in, it's just going to kill. It's not worth it. Um, yeah. Like, you know, just get up to three, four, keep building. But it's generally, yeah. it's just, it's just a handy number that sticks in the brain, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. So, I, so we're seeing lockdown, people are doing marathons along their balconies and stuff okay. like that. I think, do you know Adam Hills, the comedian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's one he, of my favorites. He did, I think he did a marathon in his quarantine yeah. room one day yeah. but hey, my doctor says i can't it's not my fault yeah. it's my doctor <laughs> all right all right uh john please tell everyone how they can get a hold of you when they need a triathlete coach or an endurance coach yeah so um you can reach me on instagram and on twitter at try underscore coaching that's t-r-i coaching um and my website is t uh, t-r-i dash coaching.co.uk um and you know give us a follow or ping us a dm or ping us a message on the website uh, if you if you've got any questions because i love answering questions and and if i can help that's what i'm here for i know i i, I get like that as well it's like 
all the time I'm saying to people, like, please just ask, like, just give me a question. Like, I'm not going to ask, I'm not going to ask for money for answering a question. I just want to answer your questions because, because I think people underestimate how much it helps us as well, how much it helps us formulate our thoughts, how much it helps us create some content, how much it helps us just keep ourselves thinking like we're doing something each day that keeps us on top of what it is we're really trying to do. Um, So, yeah, if you ever see a PT put up a question box on Instagram and their stories, ask the question people because we love answering them no matter what it's about but, but there's, there's, there's no stupid questions i mean oh, exactly. it's, often, it's often it's often said but there's no stupid questions and the thing is we i mean <clears throat> yes obviously we do want clients that you know that's the fact of the matter but we want clients not because we want to be earning millions because as pts and trainers and whatever we we're not but we want to help as many people as possible uh, and i have found you know people have come back to me having asked questions or haven't followed me on in, on social media for a while which is lovely, but it's just the fact that they've come and asked the question in the first place that's given me a chance to say, actually, I can help you, or actually, I can't help you, but I can point you to someone who can, um, because that's not my area of expertise. Yeah, absolutely. No, just it's, we just like to talk. I mean, we're hosting a podcast for God's sake. We like to talk, okay? Yeah. And if that's all we get out of it, trust me, it's going to make us happy. So it's grand, John. Like, thank you so much for giving up your morning for the fitness solution. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting so coherently, so wonderfully and so easily and so accessibly into like a world that is just a whole other minefield of exercise for many people. But I think we've broken it down really well. And I think everyone's going to get so much out of this and hopefully they're going to go and walk a 5k on Saturday. Um, And uh, like you've got nothing to lose literally. So um, from, from the bottom of the heart of bottom of the hearts of all of my listeners, like, thank you so much for coming on. From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for being here. I, I really, truly appreciate your time. And, uh, Absolute it means, pleasure. Means Absolute pleasure. Me. Paul, you have a lovely day, won't you? You too. Have a good evening. Enjoy your, uh, enjoy your tempo runs. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Ciao, buddy. Cheers. I really hope you enjoyed that episode and that chat with John and it's given you something to think about and how cardiovascular fitness and aerobic training can fit into your other training and fit into your life and all the stuff you do. Please go and check John out and please go to his Instagram or go to his website or do whatever and ask him plenty of questions because what we said at the end, we really, really mean we love answering questions. People like him and myself and anyone else who's come on this podcast, you can reach out to all of us and ask us whatever it is you need help with because we just love helping people. And yes, as we say, you know, it's nice for us to get clients too, but helping people just helps people, just helps us. It helps everyone. It's just a nice thing to do. So please don't be shy. If you need to reach out, then do because you never know the impact having that question answered might have on you and that can't be underestimated and there are no bad questions i promise you that much look i really hope you're glad that i'm back in your ears i really hope you're glad that this fitness solution is back it's ready and raring to go and i can't wait for the next episode i hope you have a great day if you need anything don't forget to head to www.thegymstarter.com forward slash no forward slash www.thegymstarter.com or you can go to www.thegymstarter.com.au that's what i was trying to get out previously 
Thank you for being here. I truly appreciate it. Have a great day.